Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can try to follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. Again, you could try to follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Uh, he's got a post up at All CHGO, a brand new post about the pitching depth, which, according to ESPN, was ranked seventh uh, by by uh, by ESPN's uh, Bradford Doolittle. So hey, uh, dude, you know their bullpen is good, their rotation mm. is good. It's just what happens if any of those guys get hurt. We'll preview the pitchers later. That's the talking. That's, that's, that's the week. point. We're doing the infield. That's Herb Lawrence. <laughs> Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, it's all good points. It's a great article. People should go read it. They but, should. You know, uh, yeah, just that fifth spot is really sour at the moment. Uh, yeah, Alex is saying talking about Yoan comment section is going to be a ride today. Before we get into that, um, and I do have a question that I think is going to be an interesting one to see how you guys answer about Yoan Moncada, uh, but there is a new Chicago White Sox to tell you about. Um, according to North Star Sports Management uh, Twitter account, their client, former first-round pick and former San Francisco Giant Chris Shaw, is now signing uh, a free agent deal with the Chicago White Sox through his MILB career. That's Major League Baseball career. Shaw That's amassed- not Major League Baseball. That would be minor league, baseball. minor league Baseball. Minor League Baseball. Whoops. Uh, Shaw amassed a two seventy three batting average. 337 on base percentage and a 510 slash line. He is a left-handed hitter. I, I I know I didn't set you guys up with this. We just you guys got any Chris Shaw? You guys want to give me like this your is best different. Chris Shaw reaction? Like, this is different than the, the guy who used to play for the Blackhawks, right? Yeah, it's that it was Andrew. His, okay, his brother, I think. Wow. I should probably double check right. that. No, yeah, that's I, that's my reaction. <laughs> no, I don't know who Chris Shaw is. <laughs> Uh, Chris Shaw's family know who he is. He, yeah, I, I okay. would hope so. Are I think sure? they know who Andrew Shaw is as well. Um, <laughs> nothing, nothing too, I, I think, notable about Shaw. You know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, but he will likely be a minor leaguer. Uh, 2020, he was designated for assignment by the Giants, then was claimed off waivers by the Orioles, then designated for assignment again, then was outrighted, uh, and then didn't sign and was released by the Orioles in 2021, then hung out with the Long Island Ducks and then showed back up. Uh, with the Wild Health Genomes. What? That's a made-up yeah. name. The Atlantic League of the Professional Baseball uh, The team. team name is the Genomes? And out of Lexington, Kentucky, the Wild Health Genomes. They share 
uh, the field as the uh, they're owned by the same group as the Lexington Legends uh, and shared uh, Wild Health Field with the Legends, and they're the Wild Health Genomes. Mm, it Did sounds it, like that's a co- company softball team. <laughs> Did it at least kick ass in this uh, independent league? <laughs> Who hit this Chris Shaw? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, the genomes also were disbanded uh, just a year after they were. They were uh, just the Chris Rock meme, uh, grand opening, grand closing in 2022. Yeah. Uh, they opened and closed uh, with the Long Island Ducks and the Kentucky Wild genomes. Uh, 860 and 117 games played in 2022. Uh, 17 bombs, 28 doubles, uh, 93 walks to 142 strikeouts. And the 860 is the OPS, right? No, it's yeah. his batting average. Yeah, it's <laughs> batting average. Uh, 860 is the OPS. Okay. For uh, the genomes. For the Go gnomes. Go gnomes. <laughs> they probably have a really cute mascot. You know, it's probably some DNA with, like, a little gnome hat. It's the guy, the DNA guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it, it, it's a weird baseball with some, like, that's no. horrible. It should it's be like the stitches or Geno. No, it seems no. like, you know, you pick that I don't no. know if you guys are big-time fans of the King County Cougars. I know you are, uh, Vinny, as a vendor back in the day, right? Worked in both concessions and souvenirs uh, over at Philip B. Elfstrom Stadium. Sometimes minor league teams change their name for a day. I don't know if they did that for the Genomes, but that's a weird name for a team especially when it's a grand opening, grand closing situation. But I hope the whatever the Lexington Legends or Legions, whatever they are, just change their name for a day so they can get some merchandise out of it. I forgot what the Crane County Cougars changed their name to, but they went into some neon green uniforms that they do, I think, still to this day. To this day! So, they're, you know, trying to generate some extra money, especially as an independent uh, franchise now that uh, Kane County is. Yeah, and uh, the Wild Health Genomes did not make enough money, and that's why uh, they're close. Baseball was in their DNA. Making money was not. Um, so Let's go, gnomes. Let's, let's go, go gnomes. gnomes. Bring the gnomes here. Maybe that should be, you know, the Goose Island Genomes. Mm, doesn't make any sense. Goose Island It's like the Utah Jazz. I don't understand why <laughs> you're bringing genomes into, into, into this. Yeah, the Utah Jazz has never made sense. But what would you name the Utah Utah I mean anything. La- Utah Lakers. I mean anything else. It's just it's the least jazzy place in America, Ever. probably. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the world. Yes. Mitt Romney <laughs> could tell you about all the jazz uh, while you guys are using the washroom. Uh, jazz in, players in smoking those marijuana cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> at BYU. Uh, let's uh, get into our Yohan Moncada discussion. And uh, as Connor uh, Pearson says, I think he picked up a, a KPW. I think he picked up a Moncada jersey, uh, but. My question is, is he the most polarizing player on the White Sox? Is Yoan Moncada the most polarizing player on the White Sox? After last year, I don't know about polarizing. I think pretty much every White Sox fan and observer has pretty much the same uh, opinion about him, that he is underachieved in his six years here as a major league player for the White Sox. There are some ups and downs, and it's weirdly enough on odd years where he plays well, even years where he plays poorly so I think I was you know of course me I was said he was a top seven uh, third baseman which he was in 2021 he disappointed all throughout 2022 and like everybody's story on the White Sox in that year he was hurt he was hurt the worst I believe because he started the year on the IL with an oblique strain and if you know anything about the core and how do you swing a bat the oblique is very important to you swinging and doing well at the plate. So he missed the beginning of the year, came back uh, about two months into the, or a year, a month into the season, played a lot, was terrible, 
and then he got a hamstring strain. Came back 10 days after that, a month after that, got another hamstring strain. So he was never healthy throughout the year and never got his offensive rhythm together. Now, we did see uh, glimpses of the Yohan that could be. Five for five days versus Detroit. I think he also had another five for five game versus, I forgot the it was opponent. A five, five for six against Detroit on June 15th. Uh, five home runs, one homer, one double. Five and home then, runs? Uh, no, one home That'll run, five RBIs. That'll Sorry. be a record, friends. Uh, one double, one home run, five RBIs, uh, five for six effort uh, in a 13 to nothing win. And then against Oakland, uh, five for six, one double, two homers, five RBIs. So, like, we've seen the glimpses. In 2019, he had a. What a five-five F four, and his weighted runs created was one thirty-nine. He was a player that we're seeing ascend. We're like, okay, here we go. Yoan Moncada is going to finally be the player that we thought he was. Twenty twenty was a COVID shortened year for both the team and himself. And then I think in twenty twenty-one he had a good year, even though he was still dealing with the after effects of that deadly disease. I think in twenty twenty-three the sky is the limit, but also. We could see bad Yoan because last year, even though he was in the lineup, he did not play well offensively. It's his worst offensive season by far in his career. And so I don't know what we're going to get from Yoan. Just playing the odds, the 2023 should be a good year, but I don't know the motivation Yoan has down there with him. Maybe he needs to make another video. Probably. He came out, he you can came borrow Vinny's shirt. It's he, the same shirt. He came out hot that year. I don't have the shorts, though. Um, I don't have the matching shorts. Uh, uh, To answer your original question, Sean, I don't think he's the most polarizing player anymore. Herb kind of got to it because, like, I don't know how many backers he has out there at the moment among White Sox fans, Uh, whereas a year ago, right, I think, you know, you could point to a pretty uh, sizable split. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think right now the most polarizing White Sox player is probably Lucas Giolito. Yes, sir. That would probably be my guess, but... um, Certainly, maybe nobody is as, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, triggering uh, than Yoan Moncada. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will hear his name, see a story written about him, and just uh, use that as a as an excuse to go off. Um, but listen, he was the he was the first one, right? He was the first. Uh, obviously, Tim Anderson was here already, but Yoan Moncada, of the guys acquired uh, to to power the rebuild, he was the first one to arrive. He was the top rated prospect in baseball, the first one of those that they had, and uh, you know, with that comes expectations. And if there's anything we learned from last year and the way White Sox fan reacted to last year, expectations uh, really kind of drive the bus in terms of how, uh, how, how, what the, that reaction is going to be. So when you got a guy who is the number one prospect in baseball, this guy is going to be a slam dunk star, uh, and yet that has yet to materialize, uh, obviously that's going to cause some negative opinions and obviously some uh, – some fiery ones at that. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Beeflow for the super chat. Uh, well, tip of the hat for you. Uh, we'll crack a Goose Island after the show for you. Uh, good totally show, boys. Uh, which of you's most belongs in Yohan's next music video? Do any of you want to, you know, state a claim? I mean, you know him the most, or I, I guess. I mean, I've spoken to him. Yes, uh, I, I also accidentally purchased the same shirt that he's wearing in that music video and have worn it. 
Um, but uh, you know, if you if you know my musical tastes, you will know that they probably don't overlap with Yoan's very very much. What I think he should do is, I think like you know, a weird kind of cold open to the music video. You know, kind of like see him like do some put some work in right, and then like you know, you get a little uh, media scrum right where Yoan Moncada's talking, and like you got you Merc. James, I don't know if James wants to be in a music video. Um, you know, Lamont, well, too right, hanging out. <laughs> what? Why would Vinny turn? Uh, James, James, James would be the most uh, appropriate to be in that okay. music video uh, cool. between the three people that you name. Uh, Lam- oh, throwing Lamond as well. Throwing. Uh, what about the Dutchman? Uh, our guy Dutch, yeah, uh, Daryl as well. Um, you know, well, why not have that? And then you get into the music video. You know, him driving home. You know, I already got this music. I mean, call me Yo Mancada. I'll direct the music video. Mm. I'll, I'll make the case for directing it, Vinny. I think. Probably best for being in it, unless you want to, you know, stake a claim here. No, I can't dance, um, especially not. That's not true. You and Jimbo can dance. Uh, you and Jimbo cut it up at that uh, tailgate. I mean, anybody can dance the electric slide and or the uh, Casper shuffle or Casper slide. Casper you is making the same type Cupid of music, shuffle. Right? There is anybody can do that. Can you uh, dance uh, bachata and or reggaeton, uh, Sarah, who's our producer today? I don't know what that is you don't know what reggaeton well, no, that's a no then i suppose <laughs> i know the cupid shuffle and okay. i can do the electric slide but i have no idea what you just said okay sorry it's, it's great music that's what it is i'm only 23 oh, i'm yeah, trying my best there you go. Ma- well maybe maybe uh Yoan covers the electric slide maybe his next act i think that'd be good um so there you go we will direct yohan mancada's next music video Vinny will be in it have a guest appearance maybe we will figure out a way to get herb in it as well cutting it up because herb uh yohan mancada's next music video will be the electric slide correct um a cover of the electric slide um i would agree with alex that merkin uh is is going to steal the show in the music video and i just think that yohan needs to get back and we're talking about tim yesterday and kind of like he's kind of lost his fire it looks Looked like you know the whole team was just down, and it wasn't the same 2020 or 2021 team where they're winning. And so, uh, as Vinny brought up, is it the chicken or the egg? But I always say, you fake it till you make it. If you're not gonna do it, uh, if you're not gonna do it organically, like hey, we got wins, now we get to celebrate. Just try to be like, and I'm, I'm glad Steven's gone. Try to be like Josh Harrison and say. I hit a double. Hey guys, let's let's hype it up. Let's get let's get it going. Yohan's got to be more himself. Play the bachata. Play the music that you want to play. The reggaeton. Get hyped up. Be Yohan Mancada because at the end of the day, you're gonna be comfortable being yourself. And that's what we've learned through Timmy. You try to be fit into a box of this is how baseball's played. You put your bat down. You run to first. You run to second. You tip your cap. All that garbage. And Tim's like, no, I'm gonna play the game like I play the game. And I feel like that is some of you know, Yoan Mankata's problem, where he spoke up for himself when he was playing poorly at second base and having a terrible year at the bat. He's like, you know what? I'm not a good second baseman, but I can glove it at third. And you saw the results immediately. When he went over to third, the offense started coming with him. And so I think he is a, a player that is in his own mind. And I would, if I was advising him, I was like, Yoan, you know, Forget all the nonsense. Forget all the people booing you. Forget all the people talking about you on the internet. Be on. Kick it. Enjoy Northwest Indiana if you want to. Enjoy going out and having a good time if you want to. Enjoy making music videos in your off time if you want to. If those people have a problem with it, tell them to look at the back of your baseball card in 2023 when you got 20-plus home runs and you're gloving it at third and tell them to go and screw off. That's just my advice for Yohan Mankata. I just For all these players. Just be yourself, because at the end of the day, 
people like us are going to be talking about you if you do well or you do badly. And so might as well go down being yourself. We A year ago when we were talking about Yohan Moncada and many of these same storylines, uh, it was, at least I brought up the point that was, you know, he should not have a lot of pressure on him. There's so many other good hitters in this lineup. He doesn't have to be the guy. He can be the fifth or sixth best hitter on this team, and that's just fine. That does, he, could be, he could have a great season, and he doesn't have to worry about the pressure of being the guy. I don't know if that applies this year. Certainly it remains true, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the situation is the same because he is the poster child, one of them, him and Yasmani Grandal, of how poorly – these players disappointed last year and how, how many of them failed to come anywhere close to what they were supposed to do. Certainly from a number standpoint, Moncada and Grandal were the ones who underachieved the most, you could uh, certainly argue. Um, and so now it's not, while it is still the team has to have be great as a whole, the lineup needs to be good from top to bottom, all these guys need to be good, and certainly Yoan Moncada could have a good year and be the fifth or sixth best hitter on the team, but now it's, you know, Moncada needs to be better because those numbers from last year were terrible. And trust me, he knows, but they, it, he needs to bounce back. Now, it's no longer the storyline of, oh, well, is he ever going to get to the giant expectations that, that people have for him? Now it's, you need to not be bad because last year was bad. And like I said, Active. he knows it. He's not going to want, he's done the work this offseason, I'm sure. He wants to turn things around more than anybody else wants him to turn it around. But the, there might be a little bit more pressure in terms of his individual performance where last year he could have maybe hidden a little bit. This year it's, well, now we're all watching that guy and that batting average needs to be, you know, above 220. I'll tell you what. I love Vinny Duber because that's a great segue into our ad break and then tell you what. Pedro a segue Grifol. into the ad break. Yeah, well, you know, a little. you got to make it smooth. you got to make it a nice transition because after the ad break, we'll tell you. Maybe uh, he's what. been taking athletic greens all no, uh, offseason. No, 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 no. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe. But I was just saying, uh, after the break, we'll let you know what Pedro Grafol thinks about Moncada and what he could could mean to this lineup specifically and what example uh, Pedro Grafol might look to Moncada to set. Got to let you know about Green Farm, their Chicago local meat and cheese company, local product, offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. And these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. With 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing out on. They are delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making. And being all-natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any 3B products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. GreenRidge Farm, simply natural meat. And again, use code CHGO at checkout at GreenRidgeFarm.com. And when you order any 3B products, you'll uh, get a uh, pack of meat sticks free when you include them in your cart. Thank you, Green Rich Farm, su- for supporting us. Also got to let you know about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodie, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, that's F-O-C-O. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com, again, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% 
off. Before we get into what Pedro Grafal or Petey or Pete, uh, as his friends call him, uh, said about Yamankata, do you want to plug the CHGO happy hour, the diehard happy hour tonight? If you are a diehard, 8 p.m., uh, we will have a little Zoom chat with me, Vinny, Herb. Thank you to the goose honk. Uh, and uh, Jared Willis also said he's going to stop by, and it's an open forum. You'll be able to chat with us uh, about anything. You know, you basically lead the conversation. We'll raise our hands, be nice, polite people, and you know, have a discussion about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, it, there's not a lot of ad. There's going to be no ad breaks. Uh, we're just hanging out. You know, just ch- talking about whatever. Um, having a goose. Yeah, having a goose. <laughs> smoking maybe. I don't or three. Know. I, I am know. not smoking. I don't You're, smoke. Some people might be in their house. So I don't know how to smoke. Might be dangerous. Um, but you know it's it's happy hour. Come enjoy. Uh, but if you want to become a diehard, go to allchgo.com uh, and become a diehard today. Also, uh, for diehards, go to allchgo.com and there should be a diehard page for you uh, to click, and you'll be able to click on that link and join. We're very excited for tonight at 8 p.m. And again, it is uh, sponsored by Goose Island, so we're very excited to uh, be doing that happy hour with Goose Island later on tonight at 8 p.m. Uh, let's get in our guy Eli. He's going to be there. From Israel. We get to see Eli from Israel at 8 a.m. What time? Well, yeah, the sun will be out there. What time is it in Israel? At 8 p.m. Hmm. He should go to the beach. Is it? Is it? If you, if you, you sound pretty confident, sir. <laughs> uh, eight hours, it looks like. It's 1221. He should do happy hour from the beach. Could do happy I hour. I used to have family beach. friends that lived there. That's the only reason why I was like, I know it's like something. It's, I don't know. Don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, the link we'll we'll share it in, in Discord. Like four, in, four um, in the morning. Well, what's so it's it's twelve twenty one right now. Yeah, it's we four in the morning for him when we go live. Yeah, bless you, Eli. I did, I did the uh, the math. But also, I mean, Eli's been up with us for post games yes. uh, at that time. So uh, yeah, but uh, check uh, Discord. Uh, we'll we'll share the link there uh, probably on the, about on the an site hour too. before, yeah. and it's on on the site yeah. as well. Uh, AllCHGO.com. And there should be a link specifically that says Die Hard, and uh, you should be able to uh, access that page. Uh, being a Die Hard, it's how you access the Die Hard exclusive posts, and then uh, you could click on the Happy Hour link specifically, and you should be able to just click to enter. Be entered in. Voila. Voila. Uh, it's raining. Hopefully it's, it stops raining at 4 a.m. All right, let's get into uh, some Patrick Fall stuff. Uh, this is what he said, and I thought it was very interesting because, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the first player... Uh, Yomankata was the first player that Pedro Grafal brought up as White Sox manager. Yeah, so uh, Pedro had his uh, introductory press conference way back in November, and uh, then after that had a side session with us with us beat writers and uh, basically asking him about that whole offensive identity that's going to be such a, a big storyline this year. Can the team fix what went wrong offensively last year? And so he wasn't asked about anybody specific, but... In that answer, he brought up Yoan Moncada saying, oh, can we get him back to walking? Uh, you know, the the amount that he has in the past, he's obviously shown such a great mastery of the strike zone. Can we get him back to being a guy who gets on base via the walk and and obviously puts runs on the on the bases there for, for the other guys to drive in? Uh, so, listen, as I just mentioned, Yoan's going to be under a microscope because of how, the, the offensive failings of last season for him. Here's the guy coming in, tasked with turning things around for everybody on that roster. And what does he say? I've already got some ideas on what we need to do in order to get Yoan Moncada back to being Yoan Moncada. And I wonder what he, uh, Pedro Grafal, will do with the lineup in Yoan Moncada. As we've been discussing, we're pretty much all in agreement that Andrew Benintendi will pretty much be the second hitter. And, you know, I think because of the high on-base percentage, it fills out the lineup a little bit better. 
for my liking, I would want Yoan to be hitting either sixth or seventh in this lineup. And it's like you were saying earlier, like to be the sixth or seventh hitter on this team takes some of the pressure off of you, but also he only has two year, years left on his contract with a club option for the third year. He needs to get going. He's only a 28, well, will be a 28-year-old man this year, and if you're not having uh, consistent good years going into these contract years, the White Sox will not be signing you for that club option, which I think is $25 million in 2025. And as a free agent, you won't be uh, demanding and commanding big-time money. So just for selfish reasons alone, Yohan Mankata won't have the pressure of being the number two hitter and he won't have the pressure of, okay, I need to do this, that, and the other to get this money. I think it's all on his in his mind to, to get right this year, and it's a year where he's finally getting paid kind of where he should be getting paid as a top seven uh, third baseman like he was in 2021, but also, as Vinny said, his offense was horrid last year. And so people are going to judge him both by his failings and by the mo- the money he's making this year. So there is no excuse for Yoan Moncada not to come out and be on fire. And as my guy Dan from 219 says, and we discussed here before, the Cuban team playing in the World Baseball Classic in March, getting these juices up, especially playing for your home country, which you haven't been able to do in your major league career, is going to be a huge thing, I think, for him and a lot of players across the board. And hopefully, like every player, he doesn't get hurt. And this is just a propel to a great season in 2023. And look at him setting me up for the Pedro Grafal quote on Yoan Moncada. Yoan is a dynamic player, and there's nothing on the field that he can't do. I think the World Baseball Classic is going to help him. He's going to have to play meaningful baseball games in the middle of March, which is going to get him ready to play in April. We've got to make sure he's ready to play in March and send him out. Let's do his thing in the World Baseball Classic and have him ready to play in Houston once we're open. And that seems to be the tone for the White Sox on all World Baseball Classic players. Uh, for Cuba's first game will be on March 9th. They're taking on Panama, and it will be exciting to see him. I'm about to say, you, 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 you can't Damn. say it like that. you got to say how Vinny said it. Uh, actually, I Every like, time. Um, so the, 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 the t- schedule's pretty tight. So they're going to be playing 6 a.m. Eastern time or 5 a.m. Uh, Central time against Italia. Uh, we're at in Japan. That's a great question. In Miami. At- Italia, otherwise known as Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they're not going to be waking up in America at 6 a.m. and playing a baseball game. They've got to be somewhere else. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm sure there's, like, three sites. There's Arizona, there's yes. Miami. Uh, there's Taiwan, Japan, Taiwan. United States, uh, and, well, Phoenix and then Miami. Uh, so, Taiwan, Tokyo, and then, uh, but, yeah, the Team A, Pool A, is going to be in Taiwan. And that's okay. Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba. Italy and Panama, Cuba on March 9th. Said it wrong again. Panama! Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Cuba on March 9th at 5 a.m. Uh, Central Time will take on Italy. And then at 11.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 Central Time, they'll take on Panama. There we go. 23-year-old or 21-year-old. Are you 21-year-old or 23-year-old Sarah Fichter? I'm 23. 23-year-old. Do you understand our references that are going on right now when we're using Panama? No. Ah, these kids. All right. We're going to give you the complete Van <laughs> Halen discography. You got to go home and do your don't, homework. Don't. As, even as the a, Gary, well, no, you can cut it off no. after the first five albums or Even so. the Gary Sharon. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. Okay. You don't have to listen to Van Hagar. <laughs> don't do it. 
If you guys give me homework, I'll definitely do it. Do you know I haven't yeah. done homework in so long. Does Van Halen ring any bells? Say it again. Van Halen. Oh, wow. This is upsetting. <laughs> okay, that's good. No, that's a great reaction. Don't bad. listen to Van Halen. God, we're old. Yeah, you guys are old. God, Van Halen's great. I will, I will accept no Van Halen slander on this <laughs> show. I'm not saying they're bad. Do it on your own time, I'm Sean. I'm not saying they're bad. <laughs> uh, this, this is my time. They sing a song called Panama. That's why we keep on bringing it up and singing it like and, and the hook was Panama. Dun, 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 dun. Panama. I just make sure the camera looks looks good on you guys when you're singing. Doing a good job. <laughs> um, so uh, what do we think, though, about the World Baseball Classic? We've talked a little bit about it. Um, do we think that it can actually energize these pl- players? I mean, Yoan has had so many games played over the past couple of years, only surpassed by Jose Abreu since 2019 in games played. The only two players to play over 400. Jose Abreu is at 500 since 2019, but Yohan Mankata has consistently posted over 130-plus games outside of the COVID year where he still played 54. So, you know, the consistency of showing up every day has been there for Yohan Mankata. The consistency of play hasn't been well, there. Well, and that's a, that's, a, that's a big point that gets missed in the Mankata discussion because I don't think Yohan Mankata has been healthy since 2019. I think he had – I don't think. He obviously had uh, – Terrible effects from the COVID infection in 2020. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He played through the whole season. He was banged up throughout the 2021 season with a variety of just regular baseball injuries. He told told us down in Houston, you know, when they played that horrible four-game series there in the middle of that season, um, how, you know, listen, everybody's hurt. Aloy's hurt. Luis is hurt. Madrigal is hurt. Someone's got to play. The team needs the team needed Yoan Moncada to play, and he did. Even though he wasn't at a hundred percent, he he obviously learned that from Jose Abreu, who was constantly getting, you know, physically bombarded throughout that entire season and played the whole time. And then last year, he he was obviously hurt. He was started the season on the injured list and yep. was there for a month. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, some other things bothering throughout the course of the year. So again, that's not an excuse. Everybody on this team, it would seem, over the last two or three years has had a major injury storyline to go along with everything that they've done. But Yoan Moncada has not been healthy. You want to know why we haven't seen 2019 Yoan Moncada again? Maybe it's because his body hasn't allowed him to do it. Now, obviously, last year the numbers were a different level of bad, and so there's that to go along with uh, uh, anything you would talk about from a physical standpoint. But remember that, hey, he posts is an admirable quality in a player. Now, obviously, the production is what everybody's going to be looking for, but you, 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 you can point to Yoan Moncada and say, man, why isn't he hitting? Why isn't he hitting? Well, at the same time, he might not be feeling good enough to hit, and he's still going out there to try to give everything he can for the Sox. Well, the World Baseball Classic, I parallel it to what the European Championships did for NBA players. You saw people like Jokic, um, Doncic, Don, Doncic uh, Giannis. Giannis, um, I said other other various itches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gorn Dragic, Gorn Dragic, <laughs> go out there, and former Bull great Laurie Markkinen go out there and have performances. Look what it's turned into. Now I know Jokic is a MVP already, but his game is awesome right now. Early season, triple double before half last night. Awesome. We see what Doncic is doing this year, battling Jokic for the MVP crown. Laurie Markin is the first-time All-Star this year, 
because of the good, fast start that he had. And, of course, we can't forget about Giannis Antetokounmpo, whatever his name is. We can't forget about him because he's having another outstanding season. And I think this can do this for World Baseball Classic people where you're just in front of everybody. You're just ahead of everybody at the time. And so this is good for Johan. It's good for Luis Robert to get the head start that they need. As we said last year, early in the year, and I'm thinking also mentally – you're hurt right before the season. You waited all offseason. The lockout, you get back, and now, right before you're about to break camp, you're hurt. You miss in Detroit. And I'm sure mentally he's like, son of a bitch, I worked so hard to get to this point, and now I got this oblique strain and I can't play. And the team's going you know, badly or just mediocre while he's not playing. And then he gets back and he's probably putting pressure on himself. Hey, I need to get my numbers. And then once you don't get your numbers, you start playing poorly. Remember, he was under 200 for a long time last year before he got over it. That is accumulated in effect of I need to get hits. And then he putting more pressure on himself. I need to get hits. I'm under 200. I need to get hits. I'm under 200. And then you just don't get under out of that uh, hamster wheel. I think playing well in the World Baseball Classic will have a nice catapult effect for everybody especially hopefully with the White Sox players. And what do we keep saying, Herb, too? WBC might not be your guys' favorite thing of the baseball season, but, hey, it matters to these players. Yep. They're excited to play in, in this event. They're excited to wear their country's name on their, on their chest. Uh, you know, you can talk all you want about how much you are paying attention to the results of spring training games. Spring training games are practice. The WBC is not practice. It, it, it is not Major League Baseball, but it is not practice. It is a step above practice. And so uh, you talk about what Pedro said, just getting in that mode of playing competitive baseball games, playing games that matter on a daily basis. You're not doing that in the Cactus League. These guys that will be playing in the WBC are going to be doing that. Yeah, and two, I've always compared Yohan Mankata or thought it was similar to Robinson Cano's start just being top prospects, and they both started at second base. Obviously, Mankata has made that switch, but Robinson Cano also having the benefit of being a left-hander. Mankata typically bats from the left side, also being able to flip it around to the right side. Um, and in Cano's first five years, he consistently posted, never played less than 122 games. Uh, you know, Mankata obviously was hampered a little bit in 2020. Everyone was with the 60-game season uh, in uh, 2020, so his numbers are going to look a little bit off in his first couple of years. But uh, Cano, in his first 734 games, a 111 OPS. Mankata, in his first 539 games, 112 OPS+. plus. Um, so, you know, very similar to Robinson Cano. But then in Cano's 27th year, Third in MVP voting, 141 OPS, 29 bobs, 41 doubles. Moncada had possibly his worst offensive year. He still posted, so that's something that is good. He wasn't sidelined. He wasn't able to not try to put that effort out, and hopefully that consistency can come back. And Cano, 2009, participated in the World Baseball Classic. 2013, participated in the World Baseball Classic. So maybe that could be something. I'm trying to find stats for what Cano did, but there's no stats. No WBC stats? No, I can't find them anywhere. Do you know what? Yohan Mankata's son's name is? One of his son's name is? Robinson Cano. Yeah, well, is Robinson Mankata, yes. Oh, okay. But he no named idea. him after Robinson Cano because he, no just like you, he saw the similarities between him and his game, and he loved his game. So, yeah, that's why he's uh, named his kid Robinson Mankata because he loves his game. So hopefully he's able to, to, to bounce back and, and reach. Connor Smith. 
The John Atkins diet. John Atkins diet. What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not against uh, Johan getting on roids, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I guess it would be illegal. Uh, so it would I be. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about where he can make some of these improvements, some of these strides. Uh, we got to let you know about game time, though. Where, where are you going to watch Johan Moncada live? You're going to purchase tickets through the game time app, and then go to the field. Whether you're going to the G Raid or one or of the Taiwan. other twenty tw- Taiwan, uh, <laughs> or, or other one of the other twenty nine ballparks, as uh, the White Sox will be playing all twenty nine teams in twenty twenty three. Game time is the hottest new ticket site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, the fifty yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls or Blackhawks tickets. The Bulls with a surprising win last night. Um, it was uh, in Memphis, so you weren't able to, to see it in Chicago here. Uh, and the Blackhawks, you know, were supposed to win. They were favored to win, and they lost. But they lost in Chicago, which most Blackhawks fans are, are supporting. So if you want to go be at the tank, you did miss out on getting CHGO Blackhawks takeover tickets, but you can find cheap tickets are, are you know, great deals on tickets to the Blackhawks-Coyotes game on Friday through the game time app. Uh, the Bulls are out of town for a bit here, but when they are back in town, uh, make sure you are taking advantage of game time. It's created by the fans for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest prices. If you love CHGO, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have download the game time app score the best seats to all your favorite events um with you on posting like obviously he'll have a decent chance to post a four war season like he did in 2021 and with his defense he's not going to be brought down by that correct um how valuable of a player is he if he stays at you know we'll talk about the the strides that he can make but how valuable of a player is he right now he doesn't make any strides he's you know 75 weighted runs created plus is there value in you know what glove he does bring or if he's going to be a glove-only player, like, is there more that he could even provide on that side? No. I mean, I think his uh, glove is pretty good. And, I, and, you know, there's occasional times, occasional times where I think, you know, he can stop, you know, lollygagging the plays over there, you know, trusting on his arm, trusting in his talent way too much instead of, you know, just firing the ball over to first instead of those short hops, especially this year with Andrew Vaughn, a new first baseman, taking over. He doesn't know your necessary hops and how you like to throw the ball over there. So you need to be giving balls right to the chest to Andrew Vaughn initially. But if he's the player that he was in 2022 with a 76 uh, weighted runs created plus, no, that, and he's making more money, and I'm not that person who's pocket checking – but people are, and you know the White Sox are pocket checking because if they're going to be paying you premium money, which they signed you to extension a long time ago, they're going to they're going to insist on pre- premium performance. I don't even need him to go back to 2019 year. That in his career right now is the anomaly. Like that was a outstanding. Like I'm going to be an MVP one of these years. Year, I want 2021 year where. The homers weren't that big. I think he hit like 14 homers that year, but he was on base like 37% of the time, 38% of the time. That's all I want from Yohan Moncada. His offensive profile is good hitter that knows the strike zone that will accept his walk. And like Pedro Grafol said, if you walk 80 times like he did in 2021, I'm fine with that because I know out of that will be coming some good hits, and I don't even care about the average. Just get on base more than 35% of the time like you're used to, like you're supposed to. His career is way too wasted right now, and the luck the luck about this is he's only going to be 28 this year. So he has room to grow in his prime right now. So, yeah, if he's the guy in 2022, 
with a superior glove and a let's say he goes up to 90 weighted runs created plus that's still disappointing I just need him to get to what you said where Robinson Cano was in the 111s weighted runs created plus or the 120s if he could get there I'll be elated, and that won't be too much of a stretch for Yoamankata to get there. I don't think we're we're asking too much for Yoamankata. I think last year, as I said, with most of these players, you could just throw it away because it was for everybody, for the most part, a terrible year. I think there's a case to be made that he's the best defensive player on the team. I know that Andrew Benintendi and Luis Robert have gold gloves on their mantles at home, uh, but I think third base is a pretty hard position to win a gold glove at, uh, considering some of the yeah. absolutely amazing defenders that play that position. I think there's a case to be made, though, that Moncada is the best defensive player on the team. So when you're talking about that side of the ball, I mean, hey, that's that's great. He does great work over there. But in Major League Baseball, basically unless you're – Yolmer Sanchez on a rebuilding team, I don't think you can be just a defense guy and uh, expect to warrant certainly the kind of uh, financial investment that the White Sox have made in Yoan Moncada, but even the kind of placement uh, that, that he has among these core players on this, on this uh, White Sox roster. So, you know, Herb, you talked about it. Let a very reasonable improvement to see Yoan Moncada make would be walking, would be showing what he knows about that strike zone and getting back to what he did when he racked up a whole mess of walks and showed that he could contribute offensively, even if he's not even putting the bat on the ball. Um, the thing you worry about is last year, saw a few things from him that reminded me of 2018 mm-hmm. when he was kind of in his own head about where he He's so good at, at knowing that strike zone that he thinks he, you know, can outthink the umpire on it sometimes, you know, and, and really he's watching too many balls come by. What turned him into the 2019 version of Yohan Moncada was taking a page out of the Tim Anderson book and getting aggressive and, and letting the bat fly a little bit more, and it produced some of those numbers that everybody has been salivating over and waiting for ever since. So, um I think that there's a fine balance to be struck there, and we'll see if Yohan Moncada can do it because if he's going to be the hitter that everybody thinks that he can be, it might need him to back off of that on-base skill that he's got. That yet, at the same time, if he's going to continue to struggle with the bat, the on-base skill is the best way for him to keep helping people out or helping the team out. So uh, it's a very fine line. I think he's got the ability to do both well, but... We've yet to really see both of those things materialize in the same season. I guess 21 would have been the closest that we would have seen. I would. Uh, 2019 was his best fielding year according to outs above average. So, I mean, 2019 was, I would say, that year. He had six outs above average at third base. So I, and I'm talking about I'm talking yeah, about wins. walking and oh, creating, walking. Okay. creating good offensive numbers, yeah. you know, at the same time. So I think, like I, you know, like I said, he's he's got to walk that fine line between being an on base guy and being a guy who can smoke the cover off the ball, which we know he can do both of those things. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he's yet to strike the perfect balance between those two. Well, and it, I mean, just to then talk about that, I mean, like the two seasons he's been over four WAR um, have. Uh, been both positive defensive years so again maybe like he was at a six off uh, outs above average in in 2019 two in 2021 so you know we saw a little bit of a flash of that like you said in 2021 do you see um, kpw did some research for you i did i was looking for 2009 because that was cano's first year but uh if you could scroll up sarah uh kpw did give me this uh 
uh, World Baseball stats for Robinson Cano in eight games. He slashed 469, 514, 781 with four doubles, two home runs, and a World Baseball Classic record, 15 hits. That's why he was the MVP that year. 469 batting average. Ridiculous. Mercy. Mm. Um, I would take, I don't know if Jordan was asking, would you take that line from him as in, would you take the 469 line? I would take a 718 uh, slugging percentage from Yon Moncada. Yes, that would yeah, do. absolutely. Yeah, I don't um, care that what would it, do pick. If he has 718, I don't care what his on base is. <laughs> uh, it's got to be high if it's Yon Moncada. Yeah. Um, so, Connor also brings up uh, Jose Valentin ditching switch hitting in 2004, um, that he was horrid from the right side. There was some stats back in 2021 from Fangraphs talking about switch hitters' handedness splits. Moncada, and this is data that's uh, 2022, January 2022, so uh, it doesn't include this year um, or the past year, but Moncada's weighted on base versus lefties, 306, weighted on base versus righty, 349, uh, he has the fourth highest difference, Woba difference, between uh, handedness. So I do wonder if there is a possible, you know, contention there. Maybe the, the White Sox want him to go uh, left-handed only. Uh, we haven't really heard much of that. Uh, but there was even talk about that uh, before his first year in the majors, uh, before he first came to the White Sox in 2018. Uh, but that really never materialized. I do wonder if that's something that, you know, does help him. Uh, Greg brings up Cedric Mullins recently stopped, and that was the person that the research was basically done around. Cedric Mullins went to left-handed only, had a great 2021, and the author of that Fangraphs article was like, who else could be like Cedric Mullins? Moncada is is one of those options. But what I really think where the issue is, um, and Ben Clemens of Fangraphs diagnosed it back in January of 2021, that Moncada doesn't swing enough. And I still don't think he's swinging enough. And you talked about 2019, his ability to just discern that strike zone and just know what's a strike and what's not a strike. Um, and he crushed the ball. Just anything that was in the, the strike zone, he crushed, and he had a really great handle of that strike zone. Um, in the actual heart of the zone, plus six runs, and then in the strike zone outside of the, the heart in the shadow, uh, minus five runs. And that's the only time he's ever had a plus number in the actual heart of the zone. And if you're seeing the heart of the zone well, you're going to be able to see the entire strike zone well. So, I mean, it's been a while since he's been able to have that great view. And what it shows from at least the zones where he's swinging, um, he's had a tough time figuring out the top of the strike zone and, and, and figuring out where the strikes are going to end up being. Um, seems to be a little too over-aggressive on fastball specifically above the zone. Um, and that's shown up in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Um, so I do think that a big part of Mancata is that heart of the zone and what Chris Johnson's brought up, focusing in on that fastball. Um, Mancata has not had an average or a, a positive run value against the fastball since 2019. Um, that, I think, has to be a huge thing for him. And against the fastball and on plates, pitches in the heart of the zone, um, his average exit velocity has gone down from 94 uh, miles per hour, which is basically a hard hit, to around 92. And it's been at 92 since 2020, 2021, and, and 2022. So I'm not sure if he's just having indecisiveness about his body and maybe the injuries are just backfiring on him. You talk about the, uh, what was it, the... Oblique. oblique injury, uh, maybe that caused a little bit of tentativeness. Maybe the COVID thought he lost a little bit of bat velocity. Maybe he should be with Tim Anderson out in, at driveline, building up some bat velocity. But I, I do think that there is something there for Moncada where that aggressiveness, kind of finding that swagger where we talked about that with Tim Anderson yesterday, Moncada has to find that as well because I think so many of these players just, it is so gut reaction. And if you doubt that gut at all, then you just start to see that hesitancy and you start to see you fall behind the, the eight ball. 
and I'm glad, well, not glad, I'm kind of sad that Jose Abreu is gone, but I'm glad for the three players who are directly below him and Yoan Mankata, Robert, and Aloy Jimenez. It's kind of sink or swim time. Your guy's not there. The guy that you've seen every day since you've been a Major League Baseball player, who's led you? Now he's gone. You'll see him on the first day of uh, Major League Baseball this year, but he'll be on the other side. It's a sink or swim type of year for those guys. Like, we don't have our leader. No more excuses. No more, hey, if Jose's doing this, we got to do that type of thing. I Getting out of that shadow will be probably good for all those guys, and it's a type of, it's a type of year where you got to focus in on, okay, I need to do this. I don't have my leader anymore. I love him. He's my guy, but it's time for me to either lead or to get out the way and let Yo uh, let uh, Luis Robert lead or let Eloy Jimenez lead or find my own way because this is a crucial year for him. And I know that you know he's got a couple more years and people keep on talking about he's signed for three more years. The White Sox are not going to sign him to that club year if he's this. If Yo Mancada is this, he'll be a thirty-year-old unemployed player by the White Sox. Un, un, unimaginably, he'll be gone in two years. Same thing with Tim Anderson, not unemployed, because Tim Anderson will find a job. But if Yohan continues playing like this, I don't know if he can make the make a team in, what, 2025. Because if you're just all glove and looking for big-time money, you're gone. So Jose being gone, I think, forces those guys to, like, all right, put up or shut up. You don't have the, the protection of the leader, the pizza behind you. So... That's my thoughts on that. I just wish that he takes an assertive and aggressive fashion. And that was the story, right? That Jose was one of the people that told him, like, you're just passive as hell, man. This ball's in the zone. Crush it. And I think if you got a high, if you don't know the high strike zone, don't swing at it unless it's a two-strike thing where you're protecting. Like, if you don't, if you don't know where the zone's at and you think it's a ball, you're not going to do anything with that pitch anyway if you're struggling with fastballs, elevate it. So all you're going to do is pop that ball into the infield. So I think that Yoan should adapt the thing where I find my pitch, I'm slugging it. And if it's over where I think is a, a strike, I'm not even going to swing it unless it's two strikes I'm just protecting. And he's so many times where there's a two-strike count on him and he's not protecting and he just lets balls go past him and called third strikes all the time. Like Vinny was saying, reminding him of 2018. Well, and you, it's funny that you bring up the kind of you know popping up balls. Uh, again, and in, in this is for heart-of-the-plate uh, pitches. Uh, again, average exit velocity for pitches in heart-of-the-plate, 94.7 in 2019, 2020, 92.4, 92.5 in 2021, and 90.2 wow. in 2022. Not good, but the launch at angles, also more important. 155. Um, 2019, <laughs> 14.2, which is basically a line drive. Uh, 2021, 14.2, again, a line drive, but you're losing about 2.2 miles per hour on each uh, batted ball uh, and, on an average. Uh, but then in 2020 and 2022, his worst years, 17.8, which is basically flare-ups, especially with the, the, the level that you're hitting up. He's getting under balls. He's not truly driving those balls. And since 2019, he's had a negative run value on pitches in the heart of the plate. Pitchers, hitters, hit, hitters, pitches, like the balls that you are supposed to be smashing, negative uh, 16.1 in 2021, negative 5.2 in 2020, and negative 9.4 in 2022. Not that's, good stuff. That's ridiculous. Yeah, awful. I didn't think it was that bad. Even, it is. Even 2021? Mm. Oh, wow. And I, I guess the, the value that he brought was, you know, judging which pitches were going to be balls and, and, you know, walking 80 times. He, he had a really good designation of what was a strike and, and what wasn't a strike uh, in, in 2021. And he kind of lost that completely in 2022. And I don't know if it was just over aggressiveness of, 
of you know pressing. The whole team was pressing, so I don't know if Yohan felt a little bit more of that pressing nature, but it, it was just not good results for Yohan Makata in, uh, in 2022. And getting around. back to switch hitting and maybe ditching one, I don't think teams value switch hitting necessarily unless you are equally as good or kind of close to where you are as a right and left-handed hitter. But they value lineup flexibility. They do. And, and I think that, you know, to to pluck out, you know, one of your righties versus a, a, a lefty or a lefty versus a righty, I mean, to, to, to remove your set, one of those from your lineup um, makes you less flexible. And uh, so, you know, it, it certainly is a positive attribute to be able to be a switch hitter because you have versatility. You can go out there and uh, help your team against either hand of pitcher, help them even more against either hand of pitcher than you could, even if your numbers are successful against both from just one side, to be able to show that different look gives you an advantage, gives your team an advantage. Yeah, and two, at least with Mankata, the thing would be dropping right-handed hitting so at least the White Sox wouldn't lose a lefty. I mean, that's that's the, the key thing right there. Yeah. Uh, but talking about the other switch hitter, like, Grandal's kind of in the same boat here trying to prove himself, and you talked about him and Moncada kind of setting that example of being patient, walking, you know, getting that on-base percentage up. Um, how important of a hitter is he? I know, you know, we've talked about that, that a little bit. You talked about where he might be hitting fifth or sixth, but if he is setting an example, and him and Yasmani Grandal are trying to set examples, and we saw the walk right that the White Sox posted in 2021, um, can you make an argument that he's like a top five most important hitter for the White Sox? We talked about that with Tim Anderson. You felt that he was the most important hitter for the White Sox in 2023. Um, I would put Luis Robert probably right behind Tim Anderson, but where does Yoan Moncada sit? Also, Aloy Jimenez is pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, where, where does Yoan sit here? I would say Yoan is probably either fifth or sixth most important player for the White Sox. Tim, of course, is up there. Luis and Aloy, those would be my top three. Probably my fourth is is Yasmani Grandal because we've seen peak Yasmani Grandal. The best catcher in the American League in 2021. Like, I don't care how many home runs Salvi Perez hit. Yasmani Grandal was hit a lot. murdering the ball. <laughs> 23 home runs in a short period of time, I think in like 90, fewer than 90 games. That guy, if that guy shows up, man, he could carry the White Sox for long stretches of time like he did in 2021. Um, Yoan Mankata, even at his best in, 2000, in 2019, I don't think can carry a team. He was great. I don't think he can carry a team. 20 home runs in, or 23 home runs in a short period of time was outstanding. When he wasn't hitting home runs, he was walking or hitting doubles. So I think it's probably Yasmani at four, and then you can argue if you want with Benintendi, or Yohan Mankata there, or even you. I think you would put Andrew Vaughn as a top five hitter yeah. in the White Sox thing. But I'm not – I don't think if Andrew Vaughn falls on his face or if Andrew Vaughn has a year like 2022 this year, I don't think anybody's going to be like, ah, this Andrew Vaughn, he could have been this, that, the other. I, maybe they'll be comparing him to Jose Abreu, but no one's going to be like, Andrew Vaughn, we need you to be a top five hitter on this team. I think Mankata is a bonus. I, I don't think he's top five. Vaughn has to be top five for me just because he's replacing Jose Abreu and he has that pedigree. And you've seen the two. What? That's pressure. What? Replacing Jose Abreu? Replacing Abreu. But he's already Andrew Vaughn who is already on the team. No, right. I'm I'm replacing (laughs) Jose Abreu as like he was the first baseman last year. Now you are the first baseman. Sure, but that that, doesn't mean anything once they go put the batting helmets on. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) But but still, to that point, he has the pedigree, led the team last year in home runs, and I think that – Again, when we talk about hitters and that skill, 
Vaughn has to be up there with Aloy Jimenez as being one of the most skilled hitters on the White Sox. Uh, you could probably even throw Ben Attendee in there as well, um, just with his ability to make contact so consistently. But I would say that it goes Anderson, Robert, uh, Aloy, Vaughn, and then probably Ben Attendee. If Ben Attendee, you know, has a year where he's hitting 10 home runs, I think that could be massively important to the to the White Sox if he's able to add, you know, five home runs and to so his total. Rondal and Yohan is like out of the top five. Yeah, I, I think it's just they're probably bonus people at this point. I think you you got to think about the question. The most important hitters on the White Sox, I think, I think both Moncada and Grandal have to be very high on that list, because if they can turn around what they did last year, that that bumps the White Sox up a lot. I think Andrew Vaughn and Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, those three will be tasked with carrying the offense, and so they they are obviously important. Tim Anderson is Tim Anderson; he's at the top of that list. But I would say. Moncada and Grandal, probably more so Grandal because I think he's got the resume that can show you that he can do that, and it's like, all right, go back to being Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. Yoan Moncada doesn't quite have that but has the potential. So if those two guys can go from struggling to hit over 200 to being the type of players that they're expected to be, the White Sox lineup looks dramatically different than it did last year. Aloy Jimenez um, was awesome in the second half last year. He has to continue to be in order to be the, you know, the main big bopper in the middle of the lineup. And I think Vaughn goes hand-in-hand with him because I think he's got the potential to do that as well. Luis Robert, we all know about the MVP caliber uh, talent that he has. We'll see if that translates into MVP caliber production. But, yeah, and it's funny. Benintendi's the big guy, the big change that everybody uh, was saying. I'd put him below all those guys because, again, I would expect a level of consistency from him, and I think he adds things in other areas that the White Sox need. He improves the defense. He improves the base running. You know, that's not necessarily hitting the ball. I think that Moncada and Grandal are so, so important to this team this year because the White Sox didn't go out and quote-unquote replace them in the lineup, right? They are still as important to that lineup, you know, load-bearing walls in that lineup as they were going into last year, and they couldn't bear the load. I agree. They need to do that this year in order for the team to be productive offensively and be the opposite of what they were like a year ago. The most important thing, though, is health for them. Like, for you know, everybody. They don't, right, but, but like <laughs> Mankata and Grandal specifically, I don't think they need to have career years for this team to win the division. I think Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, and Luis Robert, if they have career years, Andrew Vaughn, you could throw that in there as well, then this team will win the division if those four cool, teams Cool, this team's years. trying to win the World Series. They, well, they should have done more. They should have spent more money. But this is the thing, though. If Grandal gets hurt, you fall off the table. Sebi Zavala, you fall off the table. If Yoan Moncada gets hurt or doesn't play well, you fall off the table. You're not going to get even that production at that position. You could say what you want, but... Aloy Jimenez, if he gets hurt, you have Gavin Sheets. Yes, he's not Aloy Jimenez, but you can not, you're not falling off the table in replacement level. You're getting above average replacement level. Same thing with Andrew Vaughn. And that's why I put those two specifically. As Vinny said, the team was bad last year. I wouldn't put it directly on those two, but you could look at both of those like those two sucked. They're the, the biggest up, offenders. Yeah, those yeah. two were terrible. Unless these other guys, they just got hurt or they had other things going on with them. But if they play, we're good. Those two are question marks still. Like, I don't know if Yasmani Grandal is good anymore. That's what I'm questioning. Same thing with with, uh, Yoan Mangata. I don't know if he's good anymore. That's why I'm not putting the the eggs in the basket. Yeah. Because I just, I just, I think Mangata. But that, I mean, to me, defines importance. Yeah. 
because they didn't they didn't go out and 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 say like oh well if he struggles then we got so and so to replace him they don't they, those guys are the arguably the fifth and sixth hitters in this lineup yep and like you don't know what they're gonna do like that's important well then that's yeah. on the Sox not spending again oh, like yeah. uh, you know they they spent on Yuan oh. Makata and Yasmani Grandal and, also, and they what, they what, cannot get out from those contracts yeah, right that's not that's do? less of a not spending right, issue and and more of a they were already locked into those right guys but they issue. didn't spend on a backup plan like like Herb said y- well, Yasmani what's the backup Grand- plan you're gonna spend on somebody to be a backup you're gonna spend I don't know. Roberto gonna, per- Roberto Perez is a major league level catcher you could have signed him to like under three million dollars and you think he's gonna hit the way Yasmani Grandal could hit. Can Yasm- I don't think Yasmani Grandal can hit like 2021 Yasmani Grandal anymore. I think he's. I think the the injuries that he's uh, uh, occurred are too detrimental to a catcher. I mean, you're you're talking about the knees and the back. That's going to give after two months. It, it has to. I mean, like you're just 34 so. years Dr. old. Dr. Anderson over here. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> working with the Hawks, well, strength and conditioning why, guy. He's going to yeah. be saving goals and hitting home runs. We'll see. Uh, if it happens, I'll eat my my words right but even with Moncada like we're talking about the most important stat is always exit velocity how hard you hit in the ball and in 2019 he was helped massively by a huge BABIP that was over 400 a batting average over 400 on balls in play and that's because he was hit you know had some of the highest exit velocities 93.1 was his ma- average exit velocity 115.8 was his max exit velocity and it's gone down from 93.1 to 87.8 90.1 88.7 I just don't think that player's still in there and we're not hearing about this certain workout plan and whatever to, to, to get there and maybe it gets to that point you don't have to hear about the work and the offseason season as long as it's happening but um I don't know it, it just doesn't seem like uh it, it doesn't seem you know every it could be motivating for Yasmani Grandal to be in a walk here he also might not be able to walk I that's the point I'm making I mean he's just he gets one the injuries <laughs> concern me he wants one more payday so I'm sure he's doing all he can do that's why he's working with the Blackhawks strength and conditioning coach that's why he's doing extra work so he can get broke off one last time Somebody else has got to pay him. If Yasmani Grandal has a Yasmani Grandal 2021 year, I think the White Sox resign him. They don't have anybody behind yeah. him, and because seems like he likes it here. Oh man, yeah. I, I think, and I know people are poo pooing Yasmani Grandal for 2022. That contract still is an underpayment for what he did in 2020 and 2021 alone for me. Now, if he can come back and be the guy, not even the 2021 guy, like three fourths of that guy. He's going to be banking money next year. And I know White Sox are going to be going far if Yasmani Grandal is back to hitting balls far and getting on base. That's why we love him. And getting on base. That'd be, that'd be helpful. Uh, yeah, Yasmani Grandal. That's why we love him. Uh, hopefully the White Sox can get some money ball performances out of Yohan Mankata and Yasmani Grandal in 2023. Uh, we'll be talking more with you tomorrow. Showtime will be different. It's not 4 o'clock tomorrow. It'll be 4.30. Mm-hmm. A little remote version of the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll be continuing our player previews. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckernball23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah Fichta for uh, producing the show. <laughs> and thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. We got about like 39 people watching and only 22 likes. So if you guys can give a like on the way out, we really would appreciate it. Thank you. And we will talk to you tomorrow at 430. Go Sox.